0: Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Sadly, we are reporting this morning that um, President Donald Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have uh, tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. And I will read uh, briefly a, uh, a statement by the White House physician Sean Connolly, I released the following information with the permission of President Donald J. Trump and First Lady Melania Trump. This evening, I received confirmation that both President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have tested positive for the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The President and the First Lady are both well at this time, and they plan to remain at home within the White House during their convalescence the white house medical team and I will maintain a vigilant watch and I appreciate the support provided by some of our country's greatest medical professionals and institutions rest assured I expect the president to continue carrying out his duties without disruption while recovering and I will keep you updated on any future developments obviously and in the words of Chris Wallace, and I said the same thing this morning, and probably many of you said the same thing, uh, 2020, what a year. Just when we thought that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, her death and the subsequent appointing of uh, a Donald Trump nominee that was gonna cause all sorts of craziness, and it still may, we thought that was going to be the defining um, topic uh, or uh, things that tipped Donald Trump or Joe Biden over the top as far as uh, becoming uh, president in a very short period of time. Now we have this. Um, and in the middle of that, we have a debate that I uh, wrote some uh, notes about that I wanted to talk to uh, to you about this morning. But obviously, the news of this, is huge. It bumps everything off the table. But, you know, does it bump everything off the table? And uh, when listening to many pundits this morning in reaction to this, uh, our enemies across the world are, are not, uh, they are exploiting this. They are not doing what I'm going to do in a moment here and, and pray for uh, Donald Trump and his wife. Uh, they're not doing that. They are uh, the Russians are uh, moving into uh, Belarus, and um, we have the Chinese uh, ever rattling uh, uh, sabers in, in, uh, in the, the South Pacific, and we have uh, unrest in uh, Iran, Iraq. Uh, it's just uh, people that want to do us harm. There, these things continue to happen at, regardless of our president and his health or lack of health. And uh, thank god we have people in place and the fine men and women in our military across the world that are uh, ever vigilant in keeping your freedoms and my freedom, freedoms. Um, in mind when they do battle with people that want to end our way of life so let us do this let us pray right now father god up above please touch melania and donald trump and heal them of this uh, virus help their convalescence to be quick and their health to return very quickly Uh, everyone in their orb everyone in this country that is uh, infected with uh, COVID-19 and father kill this virus in the four corners of the earth now it has uh, caused so much devastation uh, in the realm of uh, health politics economics um, the the destruction in every country in the world, particularly in the United States, has been devastating. We ask you to just kill this virus and heal this nation and uh, help us to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So, wrote down some uh, notes when uh, first heard of the the news through the television on. Um, You know, this uh, Hope Hicks was uh, diagnosed, uh, President's Advisor, probably on uh, September the 30th, uh, the day, uh, day or two before uh, Donald Trump announced that he was positive. She is in his uh, close proximity, and we, we don't know if she uh, infected the president or even vice versa. We really don't know. We just know that it is of concern. And those concerns were borne out when we got the news from President Trump over a tweet at 1.17 a.m. on Friday morning. Um, just in no particular order, just going down the, uh, the topics that I heard people talk about this morning, the debate is in two weeks. And um, you know Donald Trump, love him or hate him, his, uh, his spirit uh, which is undeniable, regardless of where you are in the political um, spectrum. He uh, he will be there for that debate. That is my prediction. And um, the only way he will not is if his uh, his symptoms at this point in time, in the beginning stages of this, are very minor. If they progress to something more than that, and he is not the typical hard charging Donald Trump, then. I could see him um, postponing this or uh, requesting a uh, postponing of the debate for a short period of time because uh, as as much, and we hate to talk about politics, but we pivot to it very quickly, don't we? As much of um, a political advantage it would be for Donald Trump to shake this off, if you will, and um, put out a good debate performance on October the 15th, it would be very devastating uh, to people that actually like his spirit, his bombacity, his aggressive nature, if he was anything less than that. And if this virus, and we simply don't know at this juncture, will temper that um, from a political standpoint, it would not be good for Donald Trump uh, to show up and be anything less than um, hard charging. Although that debate format, which seems to be questions uh, from you know constituents, uh, prospective Trump and Biden voters, um, it's a little hard to do what he did the other night. It will go over what he uh, and Joe Biden did in the debate the other night. But um, that's the only way I see him delaying this, is if his health um, and his doctors uh, say that it would not be good to do that. Rest is certainly uh, a part of uh, the mending process when uh, you get COVID-19, among other things. But um, we all know uh, Donald Trump does not rest, and and that might be part of the problem. I don't know. You know, it... um, I, I heard his uh, supporters, fans, devotees this morning say, you know, the guy hasn't had as much as a cold in four or five years, and he's he's in you know he's vigorous and he's in good health. And um, there's a really really even-handed uh, physician on the the Fox News physician, if you will, uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who really presented a very even-handed um, analysis of what's going on from from her perspective as a clinician. And she said, you know, uh, it, it, it may be perceived that Mr. Trump um, has, has not had a call in four or five years, and he's infatigable, and, and, and that's all well and good. But he does, from a clinical standpoint, have a couple of um, big, uh, I'm not going to say strikes against him, but things of concern if you contract COVID-19. Um first and foremost, his age. He is uh, 74 years of age. And um, as we did probably a few weeks ago, we went over the uh, mortality rates of individuals in certain age groups. And um, I do recall that uh, what I quoted to you, individuals 80 years and over, um, they are the, the age group group we hear 70 years of over and over very often, but 80 years and over, they, this is the age group, and there's a lot of people over 80 in this country that are driving up the mortality rates. Um, as as we chronicled with, with several demographics, um, the rates of uh, mortality, once you contract this, are very, very, very low. However, over 80 years old, it's eight percent of people who contract this die. Now you could be a positive and say, "Well, 92 percent of people over 80 do not die," but eight percent is a, a very healthy figure. Now he is 74. Um, I uh, I do recall, uh, you know, some of the rates uh, for uh, people 60 years of age are very very low. But he is he's probably closer to 80. So let's just say it's maybe six or seven percent. Um, of people in his uh, actual age of 74 die of this, um, that's significant. That's something not to sneeze at or poo-poo or whatever. Um, another factor that people don't really realize, and um, I've often said this in the business world, uh, suits are really the best friend of uh, those individuals out there. that are a little chubby, little beefy, little porky, whatever terminology you want to use uh but um Donald Trump does not strike one as obese um uh, the suit uh, particularly the dark suit um hides a lot doesn't it but um if if you look at it and this this is um Nicole Sapphire quoting this I am not a doctor but um uh his BMI is uh is 30 which is right on the cusp of being obese 25 to 30 You're simply overweight, Um, and and these figures uh, are are up for debate, and they they can be interpreted one way or the other, but the fact remains, uh, he's at 30, which is really at the cusp of obesity. He is male, and uh, males tend to not fare quite as well as females, and the big one, he's 74, and as we just said, when you get up in age, the mortality rate with this um, does tend to increase. and as I said earlier, rest uh, with with just about any disorder is uh, is of uh, is very critical to do. And I don't know how you stop Donald Trump, but um, he is going to have to rest. And um, so you know, as much as he looks infatigable and he is and uh, indestructible, you know, he does have a couple strikes against him. Um, but the the percentage, um, or excuse me, the likelihood that he recovers and recovers fully is very very high, um, in the high 90s. And uh, Melania, for that matter, being 50 years of age and in very good health, um, her chance of dying of this is 0.1 uh, percent. They say 99.9 percent of individuals um, that are female and in good health at the age of 50 that contract this. of those individuals go on um, to beat this rather quickly. So um, he is to be in isolation. Um, People, uh, the demagoguery starts early and often. People say at least 14 days. Um, Proponents of his say seven to 10 days. The CDC um, used to say that you would be in isolation for 14 days. They have backed that back to 10 days. Um, And um, toward the end of that 10 days, if his fever uh, abates, if he even has one, um, then he can resume um, being out in the public and and being in in a quasi normal mode. Um, The debate is pretty much, you know, 13 days after he made that announcement. So um, if I was a betting man, he will be there. And um, again, I, 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 uh, I prayed for the man, I, I discussed the practicality of his health and the prognosis as best I can with the research I've done and my background, uh, but I am not a doctor. But I will say this, I, I like everybody else, gets into the political very quickly because uh, the stakes are very high, the future of this country uh, is at stake, And um, November 3rd is fast approaching. So you have to talk about these things, correct? So um, what I'm going to say is uh, people that have a visceral hatred of Donald Trump and have lied and made it up and gone after him in every conceivable way and his family and his associates and, as you've heard many times, and I think it's accurate, their hate for him is great but their hate for you who um are people that feel he's a good doing a good job um is greater you are the great unwashed out there out there and uh leftists and liberals hate you so they hate him because you support uh or they hate you because you support him and they hate him because he represents you so having said that those individuals um Countless times from when he announced in 2015 till today, five solid years, have, um, and you look at the tapes, it's pretty funny, they have had numerous aha moments where this is it. The stake will finally be pounded into Donald Trump's heart and he is dead. And no doubt in back rooms and in, in the public now. There are countless people that feel like this is it. This one is a softball over the plate. Now a couple of days ago people were comparing and contrasting how Trump said people want this country to open up and Joe Biden said people want to be safe. So we all thought, well, that is a um, as far as numbers are concerned, that statement pretty much helps Trump, that really defines the difference in looking at this virus between two candidates. And then lo and behold, he gets COVID-19. And the statement that Joe Biden makes is taken with a little bit more uh, seriousness among people that are not necessarily hide-under-the-bed type people. But not necessarily, let's open this thing up and let the chips fall where they may, type people. And as we have said, and many have said uh, for as long as I can remember, you know, there, there is probably, if you estimate, about 85% of this country that is going to vote in about, you know, uh, 35 days. Um, there is uh, 42, 43% of them that regardless of what happens to Donald Trump, what he does, what he does not do, they will vote for him. And on the other side, there's 42 43% of people that regardless of what he does, positive or negative, they will not vote for him. And the battle, and we can debate this ourselves when I get into the debate uh, the other night, the battle, as far as people who have this conventional wisdom that there's about 10 to 15 percent of people out there that could be swayable. The battle, some would contend, would be to touch on issues that they are concerned about. Obviously, COVID-19 is one of them. But as I said before, many of those individuals of that 15 percent are not rabidly One way or the other, as far as opening it all up or hiding under the bed, they, um, they're pretty much logic based thinkers, science based thinkers with some degree of common sense. And, you know, they may have been swayed by Donald Trump's open it all up, but after having COVID-19, they may swing back to, you know, Biden has a point point. You know, we're concerned with our safety. Not that Donald Trump's not, but um, I- I'm telling you, 2020, I would not be surprised in any way, shape, manner, or form if something even bigger than this happens before this election, because that is just the way 2020 is going. But back to the individuals that think, aha, we got him, he's sick. We're going to say your cavalier attitude towards masks, your cavalier attitude towards opening it all up has ironically led to this. Um, You're delusional. You're crazy. Now you have COVID. Um, They're going to think they got them. But I'm telling you, and you guys should listen to me because I am not a huge Donald Trump fan, as I say, over. And over and over again. So these aren't talking points. This is not spin to uh, to to make this anything other than it is. Um, Hear me clearly. Donald Trump has emerged unscathed and stronger. That has come down the pike, most of which perpetrated by people who hate him. And they have thought, aha, aha, we have him. This is it. This is his demise. And he wriggles out from under it, and he emerges stronger. Um, Mark my words, if this virus, who knows uh, no political persuasion, so we don't know what the virus is going to do, but if this virus does what it does, In a very 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 large percentage of the time when it inflicts somebody 74 years of age does what it's going to do and in 10 days this guy is fine and he's ready to uh, ready to roll Donald Trump will use this as an advantage he will turn this negative around he will not be perceived as someone that um, even the leader of the free world is vulnerable. He will roar back in the face of the coronavirus. He will roar back in the face of people that felt he was cavalier with masks and, and did not listen to scientists. And this will turn into, again, a positive for Donald Trump. Um, I really feel pretty strongly that if he weathers this from a health standpoint, that is what is going to happen. And dare I say, he might even, and this is amazing, but it is 2020, right? Dare I say, he might even become a sympathetic figure to some um, people that are not rabidly left or right. They may see a president that is hurting and is going through something pretty traumatic, come out through the other side, and um, they may actually look at Donald Trump as a sympathetic figure. It has happened before. uh, In the first year of Ronald Reagan's administration, he was shot and almost died. There were a number of people that hated Ronald Reagan's guts, that put their politics aside, prayed for Ronald Reagan, and actually um, had a soft spot in their heart, to one degree or another, for Ronald Reagan um, surviving an assassination attempt and near death. Um, but let's be honest, let's be cynical. That was 40 years ago. Times are different, people are different, so it may not happen. But I would not be surprised at all if Donald Trump emerges from this stronger and um, turns it right around to his advantage and actually is a sympathetic figure to some people. Now we move on to Chris Wallace, who, um, you know, they interviewed him this morning and, uh, you know, said a lot of good things. Let me be fair to Chris, um, right off the get go, but you know, you can tell when he gets into, uh, the mask issue, he's still angry. He still has issues with Donald Trump. And they all, as as you may or may not know, stem from you know years ago when he was interviewed, and he said, you know, the media is a curse. The media is um, is an enemy of uh, of uh, you know America. Da 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 And that really angered Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace um, has, as we all know, had a chip on his shoulder shoulder for a long time uh, when it comes to Donald Trump. So, but he gets COVID-19 and Chris Wallace uh, in the midst of saying some logical things this morning was a little angry saying that um, his cavalier and I'm paraphrasing his cavalier attitude towards masks uh, had a big problem with the Trump entourage coming into the venue the other night with masks and then um, promptly taking them off uh, prompting the uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, staff to come in and politely offer them masks even though they had them. That was a polite way of saying we'd like you to put your masks on and the uh, Trump entourage declined. Chris Wallace had a big problem with that. So, um, you know, and then at the end of the interview, um, you know, they, they uh, Chris went off on uh, Dr. Scott Atlas. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Dr. Scott Atlas, but Scott Atlas is someone um who uh, you know, is a big proponent of Donald Trump and he is someone that is in Donald Trump's orb now as Fauci and Burks have been kind of uh relegated to the periphery, if you will. And um Scott Atlas is um who uh even though is a medical doctor, uh Wallace rightly says he's not an epidemiologist and he feels that uh, Scott Atlas has a lot of uh, disinformation to put out there. And, and again, he took this opportunity, which I don't think he should have done, to really show his colors. And um, and then they followed up with Dr. Mark Siegel, who, you know, rightly pointed out when he was being interviewed that, hey, you know, Chris Wallace isn't an epidemiologist either. And um, so and Mark Siegel is someone that I've uh, quoted many times and urged you to uh, to look up and uh, read things about because he had a very, um, very tempered approach and uh, he's a big proponent of masks, but he's a bigger proponent of social distancing. And um, he's written books uh, about um, the, uh, the politics of fear and how fear and panic um, intersect sadly in, in public health issues. And um, he's a guy that's very level headed, but this is, um, this is what we have now, and uh, do not be surprised in the next few days when you're traveling around that um, the people that, let's be kind to them, that are very um, cautious, uh, some would say overly cautious with their social distancing and their triple masks and all sorts of things, um, quadruple down on this, and they may be even more, uh, you know, it's... As uh, this is 2020, guys, and as much as um, this could be—and it was 40 years ago when Reagan got shot—a a galvanizing uh, event, something that brings people together, uh, a la nine or nine eleven. It is going to, sadly, in very short order, be something that's going to have people hunkering down people on the left and the right will be spreading disinformation, speaking emotionally, acting emotionally. Um, and that's just the world we live in. And it's very difficult to penetrate the skulls of either of those individuals if they're wrong, but this is the world we live in. That's why, uh, if you're a christian you believe in the bible james 1 verse 5 one of my favorite verses just uh, if you seek wisdom from the lord he will give it to you abundantly and that's what you got to do you gotta turn the radio off turn the television off and just go to your prayer closet and say god can you sort this mess out for me these are some crazy crazy times um on to the economic impact of this you know the market's were about to uh, go up for about the fourth or fifth day, or at least the third day in a row. Um, as we added 661,000 jobs, it was a very good jobs report. But the news of uh, Donald Trump and Melania Trump contracting COVID 19 sent it down um, 400 points uh, pretty quickly. And the market, you know, is one thing that is constant, um, regardless of. The issues that the day the market does not like on um throughout the uh, legitimate impeachment process of bill clinton some 20 years ago 21 years ago um president's approval rating and the market stayed pretty high why um do they care uh that bill clinton was a moral reprobate no they just want continuity the uh, Wall Street liberals uh, love to tamp down stories about Bill Clinton and just keep this gravy train, which was the market going up and up and up and up through the late 90s, continuing. So um, any impeachment and removal of Bill Clinton would that would have been bad for the market. So the market uh, likes certainty. Um, and news like this is certainly uncertain news. Uh, so uh, that was my last report that it went down about 400 points Um, I don't know what uh, what it is now but that was uh, before I went on the air that was um, that's what we have let's uh, we can finish up with um, the president and Melania um, testing positive uh, Donald Trump's uh, tweet early early We'll begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. Um, and Melania Trump uh, tweets out, as too many Americans have done this year, I and uh, the president are quarantining at home after testing positive for COVID-19. We are feeling good. And Please be sure you are staying safe and we will all get through this together so um, our thoughts our prayers with Donald Trump Um, as I said earlier uh, evil forces throughout the world do not rest and they actually exploit times like this in American history and uh, they will continue to do that So, having good people in place in the military and the State Department is um, is paramount. And people, you know, they discuss succession plans and what happens if plans. Um, you know, the United States is a new, a unique animal. And um, Mike Pence, love him or hate him, many people hate him, um, is at the ready should anything happen um him and uh he and his wife have tested negative and um you know this is um is it, chaotic and crazy uh as this thing called politics in the United States of America is concerned it is relatively stable compared to the vast majority of um political constructs across the world so we have that to be very thankful for um Now on to what I was going to talk about before this news hit, um, the debate. Um, I remember on the day of the debate, you had several Trump devotees calling right-wing radio, conservative radio, whatever you want to call it, Um, and when the notion of Donald Trump tempering his uh, personality, being a little less obnoxious, if you will, let's just say it, was forwarded um, people went out of uh, came out of the woodwork with the let Trump be Trump thing um, he obviously listened to his base came out charging he was rude he was obnoxious and um, if his strategy of growing his base um, was uh, you know there's the debate ladies and gentlemen I I, I tortured myself and flipped over to CNN after the debate. And if his strategy of growing his base, which was not even in the mix for anybody on CNN, they, they looked at his strategy going in in a conventional way. And Donald Trump is a very unconventional figure. If indeed um, his strategy was to win over moderate Democrats or center-right Republicans who don't like him, didn't vote for him for one reason or another, um, then I would agree with CNN. He failed miserably because um, there are a number of times during that debate that if you were in that 10 to 15% and probably a lot of other individuals too, you did not feel good about what happened. And um, I'm not going to say Donald Trump was um, largely responsible for that because if you look at it critically um Joe Biden interrupted him many many times as well. It was just it was just ugly and you, you, you needed a shower after the debate. But, you know, there were other people that said um hey man, that was great. Uh that was like UFC, man. UFC uh, the political version of UFC. Give me more of that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I don't think the vast majority of folks out in the United States of America are like that. Um so I agree with CNN, if, if that was his game plan to, to find those 10 to 15% voters that we talk about uh, on the show uh, quite often, then I think he failed miserably. However, however, if his strategy of growing his base and finding new Trump supporters in rural America is a, is a sound strategy, and if that's what he is sticking to, and all this is pre him being diagnosed with COVID-19, um, then he succeeded. And I have an h- article here, if we get to it, it's um, chronicling um, you know many of the rallies and analyzing many of the counties in Pennsylvania where um, many voters did not um vote for donald trump in 2016 they were not even registered and they have uh registered they have registered in large numbers as republicans and they are part of this um you know trump uh, train trump bandwagon and you know i'll get to it in a moment but you know cnn it is not in their dna to even care about the great unwashed and flyover country and uh, that's not their market. They they simply do not care about them. So when somebody you know, posits a theory that maybe Donald Trump in Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania is courting people in rural America and picking up 7,000 votes in this county, 12,000 in another county, 3,000 in another county, they feel that that's humorous. Uh, they don't care about those people. Those numbers um, are anemic if you compare them to the plurality of votes that Biden's going to get in the major urban areas of those states, Philadelphia, Detroit. Uh, I was going to say Minneapolis, but perhaps not. Um, and, you know, Columbus, Cleveland. Um, they just feel that those, those votes in the city that are largely for Biden and that Biden signs that migrate out to the suburbs, which I can tell you if, if you want to be afraid, if you're a Trump fan, go to the suburbs of Philadelphia and you will see a lot of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris um, yard signs a lot. Uh, so as much as you know, the the lady in this article um, who, who got it right four years ago as she traversed um the counties of pennsylvania that if you go into rural america and truckers report that there's trump signs all over the place and there are i'm telling you in the suburbs there are a lot of biden kamala harris uh, signs but back to his strategy you know if, if these margins of victory in these states were so minimal four years ago that that strategy is not that implausible. It is not that wacky. It is not that crazy, particularly if um, people that didn't vote then are now registered to vote and they're registered Republicans. And particularly, and this is a whole new wrinkle now with the president being diagnosed with COVID-19, the infatigable spirit of Donald Trump that, um, allows him to go to three or four rallies and, and sometimes in a day, um, you know, if, if that were in place and it may or may not be now with his um, diagnosis of COVID-19, you know, that's not necessarily a bad strategy. So with that, him teeing it high and letting it fly on um, on Tuesday night might not have been, that crazy um but i will tell you the letting trump be trump in my opinion is it works a lot better when he's opposing a very unsympathetic figure such as hillary clinton it doesn't work as well with joe biden and um for the for the obvious reasons he joe biden is nowhere near as hated um as hillary clinton uh, he's old And newsflash, there's a lot of older voters out there, uh, particularly in in the states that he needs to win, Pennsylvania, Ohio. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of people, well, there's a fair amount of people that are not politicos. They don't do this from morning till night. And many voters look at Biden and they say he seems like a nice old man. He's not too intense. And, um, you know, I could vote for him. But then there are others that do pay attention to his long and storied legislative record and his record of supporting Barack Obama for eight years. And if they go back to watching video of him debating Paul Ryan or even further back Sarah Palin, he is rude. He is obnoxious um, just as much as Donald Trump is and uh, just in a different way so um it depends who you're looking at but i'm telling you the let trump be trump thing for that reason does not fly as well because joe biden is just not as hated as hillary clinton when trump said and did the things that he did to hillary clinton there, there wasn't a big outcry a lot of people didn't watch those baits debates in an uncomfortable way like we did tuesday night because Quite frankly, most people thought people like Hillary Clinton deserved to be spoken to like that. Um, as far as Christ is concerned, she does not, but Hillary Clinton was who she was. So Donald Trump could get away with being you know, the, uh, the hard-charging, uh, obnoxious, rude individual that he was in most of those debates. But it may not work as well with Joe Biden for all the aforementioned reasons. Um, let me go on to something that I have, uh, said to you guys many, many times on this show. And I was, uh, I was correct. Uh, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The, he's nuts, he's demented, he has Alzheimer's, he's on Aricep, Sleepy Joe, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That narrative was answered in spades on Tuesday night. Um, and it's just not, none of those things are true. Uh, as I've always said, he's an old man, he's slipping cognitively. Um, like most, he will be 78 next month. Like most 78 year old men in America, he's slipping a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean he's nuts. It doesn't mean he's on Aricept. It doesn't mean he is on, has Alzheimer's. These are these are terrible things to say, and they are on a front to millions of people that are either going through these things or uh, even millions more family members that are going through these things. You don't trivialize Alzheimer's or dementia. You just don't. You don't throw it out there, and you don't have your surrogates throw it out there. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm not a medical doctor, but I do know a little bit about medicine. Um, for a lot of different reasons you cannot go out there for 90 minutes recall facts um, stand toe-to-toe with the leader of the free world with any degree of success and some would contend and I'm one of them that he had a lot of success um, if you have Alzheimer's disease if you are demented if your faculties have dropped off the table to the point where you should not be president um, It's just not true. And if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And many people said all he had to do is show up with a pulse and not stutter and stammer, and um, he wins the debate. Well, he actually did more than that. But true to form, after the debate, there were more people that continued to be um, subjective rather than objective and called him names and, and, and... Said that he, you know, he can't put a sentence together. Now, again, he is compromised, and I'm going to get to how his biggest ally in that debate was not only Chris Wallace, which was a a joke, but it was actually Donald Trump. And, you know, I've heard a couple of pundits since then agree with me, but um, you got to stop the um, he's nuts thing because he simply displayed as, as I'm not surprised that he did, um, he simply displayed, uh, uh, a performance that debunks that wholeheartedly love him or hate him. You, you have to come up with that, uh, assertion. Um, you know, Trump fans, uh, kind of came out with, Hey man, this is not flag football. You, you, you really should let the candidates go at it. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, you know uh, it's 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 um it, it's political ufc if you will and uh it really uh it, that may or may not be true but um my 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 point here is when joe biden is fondly remembering the service of his son beau who succumbed to brain cancer in his 40s um and donald trump's interrupts him by saying, uh, is that Hunter you're talking about? Um, by any stretch of the imagination, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, that is absolutely classless. And Donald Trump throughout um, the uh, the nomination to the Republican, uh, right up to the convention, and, and as president, has said and done a lot of things like that, that I'm not saying... Um, I'm not giving you uh, marching orders to vote or not vote for him, but as Christians who adhere to the Bible, you can't simply overlook that, and you can't simply um, press a button on your arm and say, well, you know, um, his opponent is fondly remembering Bo, who did serve honorably when they were talking about military service, and classlessly interrupt him, and start going down the hunter's a crack addict thing. You can't do that. You just, and that should trouble born again Christians. Now, it's up to you to decide where your line in the sand is, um, where you won't vote for somebody if they act like that. Um, and that differs wildly among Christians, thoughtful Christians. But to simply overlook that and just say, hey, he's real great with the judges, you know, that, that's just not right. You can't think that way. Um, if you're a Republican and your guy with an R next to his name does something wrong, you got to call it out. You got to discuss it with people and say, you know, he doesn't need to do that. And um, bringing up Hunter at the right time is certainly uh, something that should um, be done because um, Hunter's enrichment is in large part... Um, due to um, Joe Biden and the, the fact that he is indeed a corrupt individual and many people in his family have benefited from um, being the son or cousin or brother or whatever of uh, 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 Joe Biden. But the timing of that and the way he did that was wrong. And any Christian should look at that and just shake their head. Um, so back... To Trump being Trump and bullying ahead, and and you know I've heard some contend and um, and defend him by saying, look, he came out pretty tempered. Chris Wallace um, checked himself, and um, the uh, Joe Biden was the one that interrupted first and many times, and that's all well and good. And you know they they forwarded the you know, Trump's a counter puncher. He never he never hit you in the eye first, but if you hit him, he's going to hit you back twice as hard. And I I, I see some value in that. But, But here's the irony. If you wanted to forward the flawed notion, which I have chronicled on this show is a flawed notion slash diagnosis that Joe Biden is slipping and he's crazy and he's crazy Joe, he's sleepy Joe, he's got this, he's got that. The irony is that Donald Trump helped him so many times because um, when, when Biden was approximating, displaying any cognitive deterioration, that's when Trump and, and Wallace came in. Wallace uh, in the form of uh, saving him, When we'll, we'll get to that, which is terrible. But Donald Trump is supposed to be someone that reads the room, right? And I could not have been the first one. And I know that there was probably thousands, if not millions, of people yelling at the TV. If, if you want Joe Biden to look bad, simply let him talk. And every time he started to stumble and stutter and not recall his facts in a crisp, sharp, cogent way, that's when Donald Trump jumped in, interrupted him. And didn't let him finish, which was really short-sighted because that's the those were the times that Joe Biden looked old, looked hapless, looked like he was searching for words, and you do not want that in a president, particularly in these uh, troubled times. And um, it's <laughs> it was just ironic that Donald Trump pretty much. Um, pretty much saved him in those instances and and you know the next two formats are very different but um I just thought that was ironic you you have to check yourself you cannot be emotional Um, so uh, let us go on to the uh, the left right echo chamber Um, you know the left right echo chamber doesn't really help any of us who are undecided about this it doesn't give us clarity of what we witnessed if we can't process it ourselves. Um, you know, Fox said this was a brilliant performance and, it, and, um, and it was, if you were a, a Trump devotee, I, if not Trump, um, and Fox missed it badly. Uh, Fox has to understand that regardless of how you feel about Trump, very few rational people felt good about what they saw. Um, you know, uh, Sean Hannity, you know, he says, being a fighter is good and, um, and, and I, I want more of it. Well, I, I'm telling you, you can be a fighter without being a bully. Um, most of America still hates bullies, ladies and gentlemen. It, it's, it's, uh, this is a weird analogy, but I think some of you will get it. It's like being a renowned surgeon with terrible bedside manner. You know, a lot of people say, I, I don't care if he explains anything to me. I don't care what he says. I don't care if he's rough and gruff. He's the best. I want him. Well, that seems to be logical, but but how about this newsflash? You can be a good doctor and have a good bedside manner, all right? It, it's not that hard. So um, Trump fighting and fighting for little people and, and debunking facts is all well and good, but you can do that in a way that doesn't rub people the wrong way. Um, now CNN, um, they declared him toast for what he did. Um, he, he did nothing to ingratiate himself with the people that he needed to persuade. Um, and as I said before, I think CNN did get that right. Um, but and, and they said a fair amount of people that saw his behavior and and asked themselves this question, and I think it's legitimate for a fair amount of people out there do i want to see four more years of that and believe me ladies and gentlemen there are people that don't think as critically as perhaps you and i do and that's where they that's where they landed after the other night's debate like do i want to see four more years of that um so um you know all they all people like that see is like a topsy turvy chaotic world and, and Donald Trump's style, to them at least, is unsettling, regardless of any um, accomplishments that um, that he uh, has achieved. And as I said before, that's all well and good if you think the conventional strategy, that, that analysis, I should say, is, is some degree sound. If you think the conventional strategy is to ingratiate yourself with an ever dwindling small percentage of people that didn't vote for you before and may not be even inclined to vote. But as I said, CNN, um, cannot calculate. It is unfathomable. They just do not think this way because it's that not their market of the great unwashed out there. And, um, that Donald Trump strategy prior to COVID-19, um, hitting him was to, Expand on his base rather than say, "Okay, my base is 42 percent. I'm going to pivot and and kind of equivocate or kind of be something different to 10 percent more people out there to get the plurality I need." He said, "No, um, I'm I'm going to go after individuals in these rural counties that be have been adversely affected by uh, Obama uh, Biden policies." and I'm going to ignite a fire under them. CNN did not get that. They, they, they don't get that, and they won't get that. Um, in the last couple minutes I have, let me just speak to, and it's probably good that I'm precluded by time here because I could really go off on, um, on Chris Wallace. But Chris Wallace did what most moderators do, um, and they're usually... Um, liberal moderators but you know because of his animus towards donald trump he did it as well um he made this story about him whether he wanted to make it about him or not um he stunk um you know that's why i can can uh, continually tell you that fox is not the great repository of truth that you think it is um it's better that um than some uh, outlets, but um, it's, you know, they, they had uh, opinion um, steerers, if you will, at, on after that did not even talk about the pink gorilla in the room, which was Chris Wallace sucked. He was terrible. Um, Laura Ingram approximated uh, saying it, but in a, in a politically correct way. CNN was never going to throw Chris Wallace under the bus because he basically did their bidding that night and made Trump look bad. But his objective should have been to take his personal animus for Trump and and uh, bury it. And, you know, between his quest to get out of under the shadow of his great father, Mike Wallace, trying to prove that a Fox anchor can be object, objective and, you know, largely uh, because of his hatred of Trump. Those three things were a really toxic combination, and it resulted in him doing just a, a, a terrible job. Um, you know, we'll end with this. He, he obviously saved Biden countless times, and he, he almost looked like a compassionate boxing referee, Trying to preserve the the safety of a battered boxer, he really did. He ran to uh, he ran to Biden's defense many, many times, and and just kind of scooped him up off the mat. and And lastly, and, and the most sad about this whole thing, there were huge swaths of time where, when you looked at the television, um, Chris Wallace was debating Donald Trump. They were going back and forth and back and forth, and Joe Biden was just sitting there. And it was not a debate between Chris Wallace and Donald Trump. The debate was between Trump and Biden, and, and Chris Wallace did a bad job. I will just end with that. And um, this has been Reshaping America. Uh, until next week, have a great day.